Thank you for listening to this recording of Family Bible Church's Sunday morning message. We pray that God will use this word to bless and encourage you. Well, good morning officially to y'all. We have been working on studying, learning the book of Proverbs since the end of May last year. And we are in, Lord willing, the fi- next to last week um, of looking at it. Um, it's been a, a long journey, but as we're going to talk about next week, clearly would never end the journey. Um, as we next week, Lord willing, look at the perpetuity of wisdom. Um, God's word never ends teaching. And the book of Proverbs would never exhaust. And so I want to this week and next week challenge you as I challenged you the beginning of the series and that is to take the next couple months to each day read a chapter of Proverbs along with whatever else you're actually reading and so beginning in March March 1st you could read Proverbs chapter 1 and there's 31 days in the month of March so you get to read one chapter a day now, warning alert, there's only 30 days in April. That means when you get to April 30th, you've got to read two chapters. So the women say, no, we'll skip 31. No, you won't. You've got to read, read twice. Okay? So, but I want to challenge you to do that. Um, years ago, I had someone once tell me, a proverb a day, chapter, proverb a day keeps the devil away. And um, I, I like it from that perspective, you know? And um, that the book of Proverbs is... Um, and the book of wisdom. And as we've considered going through the, the fear of the Lord and how the fear of Yahweh is the, the core, really, of, of understanding all wisdom. When you fear Yahweh, when you know who He is, and you wind up loving Him, then everything else just starts to fall into place. It all makes sense. And so then we consider looking at the possession of wisdom, the propagation of wisdom, the portrait of wisdom, the pursuit of wisdom, the path of wisdom, and we've been looking at the pearls of wisdom over the last months. Two weeks ago, we began looking at pearls regarding communication. And we considered those regarding, there's many of them, regarding contention, sadly, um, because man hasn't changed over thousands of years, that because of our sinfulness, because of our pridefulness, because of our self-centeredness, we can tend to be contentious people. And so the reality is that if we looked at contentions, the, the driving influence of that, though, was toward the end of the message is how then can we prevent ourselves from being contentious? Last week, then, we transitioned looking at um, edification because we don't want to be destroying. Rather, we want to be edifying. Today, we want to transition into the concept of truthfulness, which honestly, as we look at the book of Proverbs, we're going to see that that lies in um, conjunction with next to lying or falsehood, deception. Okay? But before we get into that, I want to first mention the importance of words. Um, I mentioned last week in, in the middle of the message, just kind of quoted the, the, the age-old adage, sticks in, stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And there's never been much a greater of a lie than that. Jesus said, if you call your brother Racha, idiot, empty-headed, nimskull, whatever you want to put in there, right? That you have committed 
murder. Murder. Now, murder is a sin, just like everything else, but murder. Jesus said that you are a murderer. And we don't want to consider ourselves as murderers, but I kind of mentioned offhand, and, you know, and I got some looks at me, but it's, but it's for real, okay? Sometimes we can be serial, serial killers or mass murderers using that concept that Jesus talked about. With our words, we kind of spew things out like a machine gun and, and just rip people down. And so we know how much it hurts when someone cuts to the quick inside of us. It's no different when we do it to others. And I've shared. I mean, I get it. The, the, the tongue has been one thing like James talks about in James chapter 3 about taming the tongue. That's been a hard thing over the years for me to tame. Okay? Pridefully, it became easy for me to use my tongue to, to sort of cut people down in what they said, you know. Ha, 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 ha. It was a joke. But you know very well sometimes you can say things and you can disguise it as a joke, but it's really not a joke. And that leads us then into this. Um, well, let me go with the importance of words. You have it all on your sermon note sheet. You can look at it, things I wrote down there. But um, they're the foundations of communication. With them, we communicate value and worth. With them, we communicate or we describe concepts, thoughts, ideas, philosophies that impact societies and history. With them, we declare or record facts or falsehood. With them, we edify or destroy. I love words from that perspective, um, and especially the Hebrew language. Um, as you, if you ever get a chance to study Hebrew, Hebrew is a lot of fun for me because it's a Semitic or it's an Oriental language. And um, Oriental languages are are concepts that are built upon concepts. And so every letter of the Hebrew alphabet actually um, means something. And so even this week, where's Gerard? There you are. That I texted Gerard and said, hey, Gerard, because um, we're going to see it in a moment um, in one of these, that um, ayin, ayin daleth is both the word, um, and so those aren't vowels, those are just consonants. And the, the, the vowel pointing came later, okay? But just ayin daleth, those two consonants is both the um, word for a witness, but it's also the word for eternity. Okay, but it's, it's ed. Ed is the word for witness. Odd is the word for eternity. And so, but that's just a vowel pointing, which wasn't there. That came later in, you know, when the Masoretic text was written. And so, so I asked him, I said, can, is there any relationship between those? And so he said, well, you know, the word ayin is the, is the word for I, and the word daleth is um, for, what you say again? Tell me, remind me. Door, yeah, yeah, door. And, and so it's really kind of interesting. So I'm still pondering it. I'm, I kind of think it's kind of fun because there's a relationship between those two. Because words are important. And God, God creates words. And with those, we put letters upon letters, and those we create words. But in our Western culture, we've kind of lost a lot of the concept of it. The, the word for boat, you guys remind me of this, maybe I'm wrong here, but the word for boat in Chinese, do you know what it is? Or, or, or ark. Does anybody remember what it is? It's eight people on a boat. Isn't that kind of cool? You can witness the Chinese people just from their own language because it's pictures. And it's concepts upon concepts. And so the word for an ark is eight people on a boat. Yeah. And they don't know that. They don't get it. But it's eight people on a boat. Why? Because there were eight people on the ark, on the boat, right? In the, in the flood. So 
So language for me is fun, okay? And so, so for me, as we look at some of this stuff, it's very impactful for me, especially as we start talking about our communication, because we communicate so much by what we say and even by what we don't say. And so, so I want to um, encourage you in that. And then the importance then of truth. Because as I communicate, as I speak, in the volume of words, sin is not lacking. That's a proverb, okay? It comes from the Bible. In the volume of words, sin is not lacking. So the reality is that, that as I speak, okay, I have the opportunity to speak untruth, if you would, or to speak harshness. And so we are communicated to by God for us to communicate truth with our lips. Now there becomes a balance in that as well, because as I speak the truth, as we're going to look at the verse later, I want to make sure that I speak the truth in love. Okay. Now as I studied this and as I just kind of boiled all this down in, in preparing, okay, I've boiled this down into five major verses that Proverbs um, to kind of reflect all this. And then we have all the, the other verses we're going to look at. So, so the five major ones will be on the, on the screen, but all the other ones, we're get ready to, to fly, okay? All right, so our first ver- verse we want to look at. So as opposed to me having my, my points, right? My points are just verses. I told you, God's really kind of struggling just kind of fighting with me the last three weeks. You know, like, it's like, no, 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 it's just my word. And so Proverbs 8, verse 6 and 9, it's on the screen, says, Listen, for I, that is wisdom speaking, for, listen, for I speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. The description of truth. Wisdom, speaking, says that she speaks what? Excellent things. Okay? Now, what's fun about this word excellent, it's actually the word nagid, um, which is always translated as captain, ruler, or prince. That's what it means, Nagid. This is the only place it's not translated as captain, ruler, or prince. And so, put that in there. I will speak of commanding things, if you would. Of princely things. I will speak of excellent things. And from the opening of my lips comes what? Right. Yashar, upright things okay and so when i get then to truth for my mouth will speak truth she now has given us a definition of what she believes is truth what is truth isn't that what Pilate asked jesus and we'll see that later what is truth well it are they are things that are excellent and things that are upright and then we go on and get a further thing in verse eight all the words of my mouth are with righteousness sadiq that's the word that we looked at about a month ago when we talked about the righteous the sadiq okay sadiqim and so the these are things that are right how 
from God's eyes, from the perspective of God. Not righteous from our perspective, but righteous from God's perspective. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. So the word for truth, the word for true in the Hebrew is the word emet or iman or emuna, okay? Primarily emet, okay? And then we have aman, like when you say amen, at the end, you're actually saying the Hebrew word. It says, it is of truth. It is of truth. It is true. Okay? So, truly, truly, amen, amen. Okay? Amuna. In Amuna, then, as well, um, is the, the concept of faithfulness. So, it's, it's true. So, like, you got the countertop, okay? And it runs true. Okay? What we mean is that there's no waffling in it. There's no sagging in it. There's no, okay? It's true. Well, that's what your words then ought to be. There's no crookedness, no perverseness. There's no, there's no changing in it. They are excellent of a prince. And we'll talk about that at the end, full circle, of a prince that a prince would declare, okay? Or ought to declare, okay? Secondly, Proverbs 23, 23, we're told to buy the truth and do not what? Do not sell it. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. Now, this is kind of fun. Because, honestly, can you buy the truth? Can you? How do you buy truth? Say again? You ask the Lord. But you're not buying it then. I mean, God doesn't say, oh, you need to give me some money. Bring, you know? I mean, so think about that. You're not, you're not, you're not saying, hey, man, I, I, I got 20 bucks, God. Can you, give me a, can you give me a piece of truth? It doesn't happen that way. Okay? But the illustration here is what? That it's more valuable than what? Than anything you can buy. Or the money that you even have. Right? So you get the rich young ruler who says to Jesus, he says, you know, how can I get to heaven? And he says, well, you know the laws. You, you, know, you know the commandments. You know, thou shalt, thou, thou shalt, thou shalt. And the, and the young, rich young ruler says what? Well, I've done all those things for my youth. What else do I lack? <laughs> I've done them all. I, if I was Jesus at that moment, I would have, because I'm not Jesus and I'm not gracious and kind. You know, I've, I've shared about my, my, I'd give him truth at that moment. Well, do you remember the time when, do you remember the time when, do you, remember, you still want to go on with this, that you kept all these? But he lets it go. He lets it, he lets it go. And he says, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come follow me and you'll have treasures in heaven. What happens? He walks away sad because he loves his money more than he loves the truth. Buy the truth. Don't sell it. In our, and I'm not going to make a political statement, maybe, um, but, I, but I want you to think about it. How sad it is we say politics makes strange bedfellows. We get that, okay? We don't want to get into the illustration, right? But the point is that in politics, many times individuals are willing to sell their convictions, truth, in order to get something else. The Word of God says, buy it. Whatever it takes, buy the truth, but then don't give it up. Don't, it doesn't matter how much you're offered. 
I'm blanking. Chapter 20, chapter 22, verse 1. A good name is rather to be had than... Can anybody finish it? Great riches. Okay? Somebody look it up. Tell me if it's 20 or 22. 22, verse 1. Yeah. A good name is rather to be had than great riches. It is so, so important. Because you will be offered so many things to compromise the truth. Um, way of the master. My brain is just full. Thank you. Ray Comfort. He goes out in one of his, one of his videos, okay, is he, he'll ask people how much it would take for them to be willing to kill somebody. If you were offered a million dollars, would you do it? What if you were offered two? If nobody knew that you, ever, you could get away with it, no one ever knew you did it, and you got offered two million dollars, would you do it? It is amazing how many people say they do it. They're willing to compromise their morals if offered enough money. Buy the truth, whatever it takes. Don't sell it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Buy the truth. Whatever it takes, acquire it, get it. And then don't give it up. Don't give it away. Number three, spend a little time here on this one. Proverbs 12, verse 17 and 23. He who speaks truth declares righteousness. Well, that kind of makes sense because we saw wisdom herself saying that, right? He who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness, if you would, speaks deceit. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Lying lips are an abomination to Yahweh, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness. Now, if you got this, the, the, the verse uh, one, the handout back there, okay, then it's all colorized, and at the top you've got the, the primary words for truth and, and for lying, deceit, and such, and so hence the color coded, okay? And again, I love, I love to see things how they play out with colors. Um, and so you've got the, the, the description, the importance of this happening right here together. Whoever speaks truth is what? Declaring, again, what's righteousness? That, that which is right in the eyes of God. Okay. How many of you want to speak falseness from the eyes of God? I mean, I, I, it's kind of a, a, a straw man, but think about it. We never want to say that. So, if you want to be declaring righteousness, then you need a desire to speak truth, right? Verse 19, the truthful lips shall what? Be established, how long? Forever. How long does the truth last? Forever. Do I need to go further 
than to a science book textbook. I mean, we can go to the science textbook from when I was growing up, and I could tell you the, how, how old the earth is. And then we go to a science textbook from today, and we look at how old the earth is, and what do we find? There's different numbers. Why? Because they don't know. Because they don't have the truth. You know what? I go to the absolute standard, and it's never changed. And you can debate me on this one, but I'm going to tell you the earth is about 6,000 years old. And I can, I can print out the chronology because God has left us chronologies in here for a reason. They may be boring, but he puts them there for a reason. And you can date things based upon the word of God. I'm willing to die for that. Because God's word is truth. This is absolute truth. And you have to make the decision whether you believe this or you believe the words of man. This is what brought me to a, for real, to that strong faith. When I sat at Pastor Woody's table, along with Barry Quartz, who was a missionary, still is, to Argentina, many, many moons ago, and I was an evolutionist. And we read Genesis 1. And I had to make a decision. Do I believe God? Or do I believe man? It's the core of everything. If I don't believe God in Genesis 1, how can I believe God in John chapter 1? If God's a liar in Genesis 1, how do I know he's telling me truth otherwise? If God is deceiving me and spinning myths and allegories, how do I know when truth is really revealed? It's a big deal. That's why the literal understanding of God's word, God said what he meant and he meant what he said, is huge. You don't become the determiner of what truth is. God is the one who declares what truth is. So, truth then is everlasting. Those who then speak truth are established forever. I think that's kind of cool. It's always going to go on. It's never, ever going to change. Verse 22, lying lips are a what? A what? Abomination. Abomination. It's a stench in the nostrils of God. It's an abomination. Every time you lie. I forgot to share the the Greek word for truth. Okay, the Greek word for truth is the word aletheia. Aletheia. It comes from two different Greek words. A, meaning not, and lathia, meaning false, if you would. Okay, application of it. It's something that's not false. Um, literally, I think I have it on here as well. It's not hidden. It's something that's not hidden. Lying lips are hiding something. Do you get it? And when you hide something... It's an abomination to God. So, does it have to be a bold, outright lie to be false? No. One of the greatest, great illustrations when I was down in Peru, and I was the, 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 the gringo to open up the doors, quote-unquote. To, to, I was the, 
the American guy, you know. And so, but I had a, my interrupter, my interpreter, translator with me. And, uh, and so um, Joel was a great guy. We got to do a lot of discipleship that week with him. And so finally on Wednesday, I said, Joel, I said, it's, it's all yours from this point. And he says, what do you mean? I said, you're the one who's witnessing anyway. I, I say something, I have no clue whether you're really saying what I said anyway. So you got it. This is yours. I'm the gringo who gets to open the doors for you. If you have a question, you can ask me. But otherwise, I'm, I'm heading with you, right? And he would would go, and I could kind of follow what he's saying because I kind of know the, I taught him the, the, the gospel message, right, that we're, we're sharing, how we're going to do it in the, the presentation. But he added a little bit of his own stuff, and he grabs his water bottle, and he's, you know, does this to the person, you know, and blah, 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 blah you know, and you know, speaking in his, his Spanish tongue, you know, and so, and, he, and, and, and they're like, see, 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 you know, and, and, he, and he reaches down and, and grabs some dirt and just kind of does one of these things, and, says, yeah. and they were like, oh, no, 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 so he must be saying what? If I offered you this water, would you drink it? And they say what? Yes, 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 but if I put a little bit of dirt in it, do you want it then? And the people say what? No, because the point is, even just a little bit of dirt makes the whole thing dirty. That's truth. The minute you add a little bit of dirt, it's no longer what? It's no longer pure. It's not truth. Okay? So, we then get into all these other verses that say the same thing, because this is important, that God wants us to know it. Proverbs 14, verse 5. A faithful, a moon, true, truthful witness does not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. So if you are a faithful, truthful, trustworthy witness, what will you do? You'll tell the truth. How much truth, Ben? A lot, or do you say a lie? No, no, no. How much truth are you going to tell? All of it. That's exactly right, okay? Isn't it sad that he had to get to the point where they pick up the Bible, and now they don't even pick up the Bible because we don't believe in God anymore, right? But put your hand on the Bible and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you, God. Why did they get to that? Because people weren't doing it. And even now, when there's not God-fearing people, they don't really care. But at least when you had God-fearing people, they oh, now I've got to tell the truth. because God might strike me like he struck Ananias and Sapphira, okay? Proverbs 14, verse 25. A true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaks lies. A true witness does what? Delivers souls. Because they speak the truth. Okay? The other verses all deal with a false witness. Okay, Proverbs 19, verse 5. A false witness will not go unpunished. He He who speaks lies will not escape. Proverbs 19, verse 9. A false witness will not go unpunished. He who speaks lies shall perish. Hmm. Says it twice in the same chapter. Yeah, Proverbs 21, verse 28, a false witness shall perish, but the man who hears him will speak endlessly. Proverbs 25, verse 14, whoever falsely boasts of giving is like clouds and wind without rain. And then Proverbs 25, verse 18, a man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. Now, I know I read those fast, but boil it down. What's the end result for a false witness? He's going to perish. He's going to be punished. Remember that. Okay, kids, we can talk to you. Mom and dad ask you, who took the cookie from the cookie jar, right? Even a non-answer is what? Is a lie, especially if you know the what? Truth, okay? So, I'm picking on the kids, but you parents understand, right? This goes to the same place in the workplace, doesn't it? 
it goes the same place in every place else we go, right? It's it the same place when the blue lights pull you over and said, you know how fast you're going? No, officer, honestly, I don't. When you, what if you were Ananias and, Sapphira, Ananias and Sapphira? How many of us would be alive right now? I mean, Ananias and Sapphira, you know, this Acts chapter 5, they, they took just a little bit from their, their offering, and then they lied about it, and God killed them right then. Boom, they're dead. Wouldn't that be amazing? Next time you lied, all of a sudden you heard a voice from heaven saying, you remember Ananias? Come meet your maker. Yeah. Good. So um, the question is, so this is for the tape. For the question is, would taking things out of context be the same thing? I think so. I mean, you are purposely shading the truth so that people don't understand it. Now, sadly, sometimes you, you need to tell much context in order for people to understand the truth in context, right? And they don't want to hear that. You know, they, they, did you do it or not? Well, I did do that, you know, and so that was truth, but there was a, a much bigger thing there. But too many times we want to twist things just a little bit, say them in a certain way, in order to evoke the response we want to get rather than telling two sides. Proverb that I'm not going to be uh, sharing today is one seems right until his neighbor presents his case. Yeah, exactly right. And so that's usually how it plays out. That if I ask, you know, Anna and Andrew got into a fight, okay? Never happened in my house. And so, um, yeah, she's dark, especially now that Andrew's off of college. And so um, it never happened with the top, top five. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. It's still lying. And um, good job, John. Appreciate that. And uh, boy, top, put me in my spot. What happened? Well, da 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 right? It turned around to the other one, regardless of which one I talked to. And what are they going to tell me? Well, I only did it because they did such and such. Well, why did you do such? Well, because they did such and such. That's marital counseling. Okay? And so... <laughs> It's true. True statement. I, I don't really care. I don't really, honestly, I don't want to get into it. If you've ever been with me, you, you know I said that. I don't care. I really don't care because we're going to sit here for the next 20 minutes going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and nothing productive is going to happen. You know what? You're both sinners and you both sinned. Just say it. I sinned against so-and-so. I mean, it's really hard because one want to say that, okay? But yes, so to go back, it's all about my intent. God knows my heart. And if I'm shading truth, that's a lie, okay? So, um, oh, I, I didn't, there's all these red ones that I read, okay? So anyways, a liar, a liar, false witness, someone who's not speaking the total truth is going to give an account to God, okay? Not an account to me. You may get, you may get away with it, okay? And may never, ever, ever come out again. And you think, good, that'll never be heard of, never be seen. But God knows the truth, and you're going to give an account to him. And he, if you are his child, Hebrews chapter 12 is very clear. He's going to continually what? Chastise you. He's going to chasten you. God's not willing that you should live in, in a lie. Okay? John chapter, or 1 John chapter 1. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. How much? None. If you say that you have fellowship with him and you walk in darkness, you lie in. Do not the truth. God's not going to let you do that. So Hebrews chapter 12 is clear. As a loving father, he's going to chasten the ones he loves. It's just going to happen that way. Proverbs 27 verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a 
friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Again, this is our word, aman, for, for faithful. So trustworthy, true, if you would, are the friend of the wounds of a friend. Because when someone who is a friend does it to you, okay, they wound you, if you would, more than likely, if they're really your friend, their intent is what? To help you, not to hurt you, okay? And so, Proverbs 10, verse 18 and 19, we read, Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. In the multitudes of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Through his, though his hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it rolled back on him. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruins. You can say whatever you want to say, but I'm going to take God's word over. A lying tongue hates who's ever crushed by it. You can say, oh, I didn't mean to hurt you. You're a liar. Do you know why people lie? Because they're liars. So if you struggle with lying, covering up for yourself, speak that to yourself. Be honest with yourself. I just lied because I'm a liar. It's okay. Jesus died for liars. The Holy Spirit can work through, through the lips of a liar. Do you, you get it? He wants to cleanse you. He wants to conform you to his image and likeness. He who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He wants to come into your life. Now, you can say, oh, I'm already saved. Okay. How much time are you spending in the word of truth? That you might be continually conformed to the image and likeness of Christ. Do you really want truth? Remember, buy the truth and do not sell it. What's it worth to you? God has very clearly given us this, that we might know the truth and that the truth might set us free. Hmm. Isn't that something? Years ago, I was in a pennies, and I heard that from a distance. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I said, oh, that's cool. I wonder if it was a believer. So I went over, and I found the guy. He was a, he was a guy who was working there. And I said, hey, do you know who said that? He said, said what? I said, well, you know, you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Plato? Said, nah, nah, it wasn't Plato. And he says, hmm. Socrates. <laughs> I start laughing. I said, no, man, it wasn't Socrates. He said, well, then who was it? I said, it was Jesus. It's in John chapter 8. Jesus said that those Jews who believed on him, if you abide in my words, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He huffed and turned around and walked away. He didn't really want to know the truth. Sadly, he could quote a partial verse, but he didn't really want to know the intent of it. How important is truth to you? Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 16, 
Um, you can read that later. But that's the, the passage where it talks about how God gave gifts to the church. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the, for the equipping of the saints into the work of the ministry till we all come to one new man, to the, to, to the look of Christ. And he goes on talking about how we all do our part. And he says that we ought to then speak the truth in love. But the idea of it, the goal of it then, is that in speaking the truth in love, that we will all come to the unity of the Spirit, to, to be able to present ourselves as an assembly, not individually, but as an assembly to look like Jesus. How cool is that? As people look to us, I'm going to pick on you because you're a visitor, sorry, okay? But as a visitor comes in, and some of you have been recently visitors, right? The church is growing. You eat, you're going to see something. When you walk in, you're going to walk away with an impression one way or the other. My heart, my desire is for when people come in, not to be wild by music, not to be wild by my teaching, not to be wild, but to be wild by God. That God is at work. Do you get it? If people walk away talking about my preaching, if people walk away talking about the music, then they're not talking about my God. I want them to talk about Jesus, his kingdom, his righteousness. That's why we have multiple elders. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. Speak the truth in love. Finally, the king who judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established how long? Again, forever. The king who, is, who judges the poor with what? Truth. Now, I want you to just pause for a moment, and I want you to think about our land. Can you honestly say that there are, and I don't want to paint a broad stroke and say everybody. That's it's easy. But what percentage, and don't say it out loud, just think about it. What percentage of politicians do you really believe are honestly concerned with judging the poor with truth? Or are they using the poor as a political tool for their own gain and for their own benefit? And again, I don't mean to be polarizing or, okay, served in the military, I love my country, okay? Die for my country. But I also want to be a realist, and I want to be truthful. Now, it's easy to pick on the politicians. So let me come back to us. And you see that person? Who needs help? Now, I know, I know, I know there are professional beggars. And we, we can hide behind that, right? But what do you think of when you see somebody who has a need? Are they there because they deserve it? Or do you have a desire to reach out? The king who judges the poor, who judges the poor, who judges the poor. Now, it's the king. But let me ask you, who are you? If you know Jesus as your Savior, who are you? You are a child of the King. You are a joint heir with Jesus. That boggles my brain. I'm royalty. I may not look it. Sometimes I may not act like it. But I am royalty. I am. How cool is that? I'm, I'm, I'm not like just 
national royalty. You know, like everybody looks at the queen and everybody worries about what Prince Charles is doing and, and who's going to be the next after Elizabeth dies. And I am universal royalty. How cool is that, huh? Because I'm a child of the ultimate king. Now, so, go back to it. Do you talk like it? Do you act like it? If, if the paparazzi were following you to put things in People magazine and all those other, Inquirer and all those other Globe magazines, what kind of smash, smut, trash would they be able to put on the front page about me, about you? What are your words? The king who judges the poor in truth will be established forever. Now, aren't you glad that the ultimate king came with that in mind? In John 18, Jesus is, is talking to, to Pilate. And, and Pilate says, are you a king then? Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you rightly say that I'm a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? How would you answer that? Jesus has let it go at that moment. What is truth? The better question is what? Who is truth? What is truth is everything that Jesus epitomizes. He is truth. Truth was standing right there in front of him. And Pilate knew it. Pilate knew it. He goes on to say, he goes out to the crowd and says, He's innocent. I find no fault in him. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? I find no fault in him. And yet he hands him over to be crucified. Because in Romans chapter 1 we read, men will suppress the truth and choose to worship the creation rather than the creator. And we have that today. People don't know the truth. And they reject it when they are confronted with it. Because they want the things of this earth more than they want the things of God. So, is it your habit to speak truthfully? Or do you tend to shade the truth? It really will speak. When you're, when you're kind of squeezed, and you know that if you have to answer this truthfully, it might put a bad shade upon you. So you then shade the truth instead so that you are looking like you're walking in a good light but i promise you the good light that you think that you're in at that moment is darkness and jesus said in matthew chapter 6 when the light that is in you is darkness how great is that darkness when you begin to justify that darkness is light how great is the darkness? What is the worth of your words? If someone was writing your words down, 
Are they worth remembering? Let me ask you, which words are worth remembering? Which words are worth remembering? Say again. God's word. So what should be spewing out of my mouth? God's words. What do I want people as we knock on doors to remember? God's words. Not Bob's words. Not Bob's wisdom. I don't care if they ever remember me. Still, I got a a Jehovah Witness guy named Dan that I prayed for. Many, 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 many years ago. And I was just praying, it was this past week, I think it was, I was praying for Dan again. And uh, I've never met Dan again. He was only one time at the door, but he gave me his name, and I've been praying for him. He seemed to be open. He was the, the, the trainee. There's always a trainer and a trainee that come out with the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons, okay? You just need to know that. Shield off the trainer, okay? Because he, he's not, he or she's not going to give in. Talk to the other one. Help them to understand that the theology that you're being taught is wrong theology. It's not truth. This is truth. And so, but praying for Dan. I mean, I pray that Dan came to know Christ as his Savior. And that I, the Lord just used me to help till the soil or plant some seeds. He may never know who I am. Maybe he's saved and now I'm, I'm continuing praying for salvation. Maybe it's hoping to build him up. You, you know what I'm saying? The, the point is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether people come to this church or they go to another church. Oh, that doesn't sound bad, huh? That sounds rough. Because it's not about the kingdom of family Bible. It's about the kingdom of what? The kingdom of God. And we really have to change the way we think. And remember that. It's not about us. Individually or as a group. It's about God and his truth that will set people free. Are you following the path in the pursuit of wisdom in how you communicate? And finally, is there then a need to change the way you think and ultimately change the way you act? Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word. We know that your word is true. Your word is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And with your word, you divide us asunder between the soul and the spirit and the bone and the marrow. You, you reveal every intent of our hearts, Lord. And God, I pray that if there is sin in us, and I know that there is because we're not perfect, that you would reveal it to us, Lord, and we would have a desire to continually be purified more and more to glorify you. Oh, Father, that we might reflect you to the world, that the world might know that you are the one true God, and that they might come to you in and through Christ. God on the earth. It's just a mind-boggling thing, Lord. That you would use us to expand your kingdom for your glory. In Christ's name, amen.